Welcome TTB community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me, as always, is the incredibly sedulous Elise Shibley. Sedulous. I've never heard that word. It means a, of a person or action showing dedication and diligence. Oh. In a sentence, he watched himself with the most sedulous care. That sounds uh, a little weird. Yeah, it sounds a little weird. Uh, but, you know, that's what I use. It, it sounds nice, so thank you. <laughs> right. The intentions were there. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Our guest today is Mark Walters. He is a professor of marketing and he has a PhD. So he's worked, lived, studied, and taught in more than a dozen countries and has traveled to dozens more. And he has a YouTube channel called Walters World where he explores the do's and don'ts in pretty efficient short videos of different destinations, whether it be an entire country, whether it be cities within the United States. And it was a really great conversation with him. And, you know, check out his website or his travel channel. So for the travel tip of the week, ask for an upgrade at your gate. And now, Bob, from what we've talked about, being polite is very important here because it is a breath of fresh air for those gate attendants. And if, you know, you do this either prior to the boarding process, which would be ideal, and you go up, you ask, and you're like, hey, do you have anything available, whether it be a window seat or if you want to move closer to the front of the plane, sometimes they'll even get you into the first class. And Bob, I did not know this. Do you do you have to pay for those upgrades? No, no. I mean, sometimes you do, and I think typically you're supposed to, but if you if you meet a nice enough person working at the gate or even a flight uh, attendant once you're boarded and you could ask them if the flight's not crowded and they have the ability to move you most of the time they don't care and they will gladly do so for nice kind people so give it a try politeness is key and i think you'll be surprised it never hurts to ask all right so that all being said just we're going to take one moment to go back go over what we have going on behind the scenes before we get into the conversation so first is the Traveler's Blueprint Travel Journal and Planner. It's perfect for those of you that like to keep record of everything. It offers tables for budget tracking, mindful travel tips, and details on how you can create your own itinerary layout. This planner can be downloaded through our website immediately upon purchase for you to fill out by hand, or you can fill it out on the computer. And it makes it just super easy to keep track of everything you need to plan the perfect trip from confirmation numbers, general insight on the country you plan on traveling to, and then the back of it is just a bunch of pages for you to actually journal about your experience. So the best thing, you can print it over and over again, and it's on sale now for $7.99. That's it. You buy it once, and then you have it for every trip thereafter. Next up, we have the Traveler's Blueprint Video Tutorials, which is a five-part video class presented by an animated version of myself and Bob. The series is perfect to help you fill out the travel planner and journal with information and insight on how you can prepare for navigation, booking airfare, restaurant and blog research, itinerary layout, safety, local norms, and of course, being a thoughtful traveler. And that is available through our website for $25. It is a wonderful platform on Thinkific and you get to go through all the courses. Yeah, and so, and they, they pair up very nicely. So if you do get the journal, and then you pair that up with the video course, you'll essentially have everything you need to do this on your own. Plan your own trip, save a lot of money. Now, we take it a step further. And if you actually want to sit down with me one-on-one -on -one via Zoom 
and go over the details of your trip. And I'm talking every aspect of your trip from the dates you want to fly out, how to save money on airfare, how to navigate the city, how to find the best restaurants, everything you could think of. I'll sit down with you and, and be essentially be your travel consultant and help you plan this trip down to every minuscule detail, if that's your thing, of course. So keep that in mind and check out our website for pricing details on that. And as you all know, Bob and I are either Philly local or appreciate Philly from a distance. And we have our very own tour guide, Keschler, who will hook you up with an incredible Philadelphia experience. He offers a variety of tours where you can uncover the little known history of the city or chat down on some food and cheesesteaks tours. Keschler is offering two tours exclusively through the Traveler's Blueprint, and you can find them on our website. However, if you do want something a bit different, feel free to email us and we can look at changing up the itinerary with you. If you find this podcast entertaining, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you love us, or if you love at least one of us, we'd be forever grateful if you could subscribe to the show and share some of our social media posts as a story on Facebook or Instagram. Because remember, we post clips and images of these podcasts to our social media every week, and we encourage you to give us feedback and ask us any questions you may have for that conversation. Lastly, if you want to be on the show, you can join us and drop us a line for the Travel Around Table series. You can send us your name, website, and a few travel-related topics you'd enjoy discussing. Thank you for listening and enjoy this next podcast. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. Mark, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint podcast. Yeah, thanks, Bob. How are you doing? Doing, doing pretty well. So I do want to say we... We uh, were introduced to your content through a previous guest of ours. His name is JD, and he oh, runs yeah. the History Underground channel on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And we had an incredible conversation with him a few weeks ago on traveling through Europe, retracing the footsteps of the Allied soldiers through Europe, and, and checking out some of the most significant sites in Europe uh, You know, associated with World War II. Right. Yeah, he introduced us to you. We jumped on your YouTube page, and and we had to reach out. So... You seem to really focus on the do's and the don'ts, and you provide really interesting tips and tricks on how people can navigate the world as tourists. And so, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And I want to give you a moment um, to just maybe give us a brief background on what you what you actually do for the travel community. Sure. Thank you. And thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. JD's a good dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So what we've set out to do is, like you said, the do's and don'ts of travel, because my, my whole thing is we want to prepare people for travel so they can go on their own. It's like we're giving you your, your the traveler's blueprint. We're trying to give you the blueprint. I'm not building your house. I'm giving you the, the tools you need so you can go to Italy, you can go to China, you can go to Brazil, and you can have a great time, understand the culture, understand the differences, know the good and the bad when you go. Because that's one thing we really want to focus on is honest travel advice. I mean, we're not we're not taking big old payoffs to say this is the greatest city ever when it's mm. not. You know, and so we really focus on, you know, helping people get the most out of their travel and whether that is talking about culture shocks, talking about ways pickpockets will get you, scams all kinds of things like that. We really, really try to do our best. To, so when you arrive in your destination, you're good to go. And the the title of your website and your main YouTube page is Walter's World, right? Yeah, Walter's World. So okay. on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Pinterest, all those things, it's all Walter's World with no. Uh, you'll see my round, bald-ish head. It's my <laughs> because I still have plenty on the side. Um, <laughs> you'll see us on there.
And and so your your page has, has taken off. It appears to be very successful. And I'm curious to know, uh, as someone who produces also produces travel content, what in your in your experience made your page take off? You know, it's funny because I had friends of mine that would make fun of me. They're like, dude, how are you going to compete with these cute young things that are going out and, and you know, <laughs> like bothering myself, like you, yeah, you, guys, come on, you guys take your shirts off and you're going to get millions of views. And I'm like, and so I'm like, well, we actually offer honest advice. Like we traveled all these places. I mean, I lived abroad for 12 years. Uh, my parents said my dad had worked abroad, too. And so, like, this is something that I've been doing as a lifestyle, not as a, I go on vacation and tell you what to do. It's like, look, I, I live there. You know, I lived three and a half years in Lithuania. I lived, you know, a year in Brazil. I lived, you know, about five years in Portugal. I've worked in China. I've, I've been to these places in more than just, oh, I'm going on vacation. It's all super pretty and everything. It's like, look, I've had to get cable in six countries. It sucks everywhere. Okay. <laughs> and, and so we try to bring this, like, look, this is what it's really like to be there. And, and when you go. And so I think that's something that came through. It's like, look, this, this, this fat dude is, is traveling with his family, showing the world and giving these advice that are actually legit advice. That isn't just something I copied off the internet. Like some people do, and, you know, and he's actually there. And so I think over the years, people have seen that, like, we've really focused on the honest advice and, you know, we, you're, People might not subscribe to us, but they'll come back and they'll look for like Berlin and look up Walters. We're like, oh, there he is. What does he have to say? And so I, it, what the best compliment we get is people are like, you know, anytime I travel, I look up your video for the destination and it'll pop up because uh, we have uh, we're almost at 2000 videos now. Um, oh, wow. And so whatever we can do to help. And so I think the fact that we really want to help people travel really comes through. I, it's not us trying to show off. I mean, sometimes it comes off to showing off like, Oh, we've been to all these places, but mm -hmm. we try not to do that. We just like, look, I want to be your friend. Like a nice compliment. I get it. It's like, I'd love to sit down and have a beer with you, Mark. I'm like, dude, that is the, the greatest compliment I could ask for. Like sit down to shoot the, you know, shoot the breeze about travel and have a good time. Why not? And I think, over the years, since we've done so many videos and people see it, whether you're going to France or you're going to Frankfurt or whether you're going to, you know, New York or, or Brazil or whatever, like, oh, there's this video there. Oh, there's this video there. Oh, there's another one. And we bring that honesty uh, in all the videos that I think it, it's really kind of made our brand be a symbol of, look, if you want honest, honest stuff that they actually experience, go to them. If you want something else, go other places. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And so, so we go that way. And we always really try to keep it positive because though we have videos of like the don'ts of going places, it's also like what you don't forget to do when you're there. It's not just all negative, negative, negative. It's, you know, positives and negatives as well. What was the impetus to start the, the channel? Well, there, there's a few things. Um, one, I started making the videos because my wife, she was my fiance at the time and she was going to move to Portugal with me. And so I was making videos of like Portuguese language and the Portuguese culture to kind of help her get ready to move here. Um, but what really got me, I was in Italy and I was doing my PhD in Portugal. So I had like a break, like, you know, like your spring break. And I went to Italy. And when I got to Italy, I bought the guidebook in the Venice airport. It was like the Veneto region. And I'm like, oh, legit guidebook. Cool. I get in there like our favorite places to go. And like number one on the first one on there, it wasn't in alphabetical order. You know, it was just like this is the one I read. I'm like, oh, my God, this town sounds fantastic. And I had friends that live there. And I'm, I showed them like, dude, we live here. Like they're like in their 30s. And they're like, I've never heard of this place, but it sounds amazing in the book. And so, so they're like, they're working, you know, so I'm going during the week during day trips and it's like, I'll go check it out. I'm like, yeah, but it's great. We'll go this weekend again with you. Cause it sounds awesome. I go, museums are closed. 
the palazzo's under reconstruction the museums are like there's basically nothing to see it's like i'm like going around i'm like this i mean i looked at the guidebook it made it sound like it was like cinderella's castle and <laughs> an amazing fantastic and i'm like no this town's kind of a dump and i'm like, and it got me realizing you know there's a lot of guidebooks and there's a lot of blogs out there that people overinflate things i mean how many times you heard the paris of the east the paris of the north the prague the new prague you know you're like dude there is one Paris, there is one Prague, okay? There are not <laughs> 10,000 of them. And so I really got upset because at the time, I mean, I was, I think I was in my late 20s at the time. And all my buddies, you know, they were working. I mean, my buddy, you know, their, their first few years out of school, you got what, 10 days of vacation? Yeah. You know, and you got all the weddings you got to go to. So you're lucky if you got 10 days of vacation. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, this guidebook made me waste a day of my vacation. And I'm in a PhD program, so I had more free time. But I'm like, I'm thinking my friends back home and they're like, you got 10 days to go to Europe, right? Let's say you leave Saturday, you come back next Sunday, whatever. Something like, let's say it's 10 days. And for some people, they get to go once in their life. Maybe they can do it once every five years. But think about it, once in a lifetime opportunity, you got 10 days and some guidebook overinflates a place or took money to make a place sound better. And you lost 10% of your vacation because somebody got like a free burger or something. I'm like, right. This is, I, I was, I was, I was just like, this is BS. Like you can tell, I still get, I mean, this oh, is yeah. that's like 12 <laughs> years ago. And I'm like, this is, that's BS. And so I was like, no, I want to do honest travel advice. And so we started making little videos. And then the first, like what really made us kind of kick off is we made a five love and hates. So five things you'll hate about going to a place and five things you love about going to a place. And that was the first kind of set of videos that really got things going because we were like, no one talks about the bad stuff. Even now, there's not a lot of people that I mean, they'll mention, yeah, watch out for the pickpockets. I'm like, yeah, watch out for the pickpockets here, here and here. And here's some other things that's going to happen. But, you know, don't over freak out because if you know what to expect for a pickpocket or a scam, then you don't get scammed. You don't get pickpocketed or it's very mm -hmm. less likely. So you're ready for it. And then we kind of went further because I, I when I lived in Lisbon, yeah, you know, I, I would see people get so mad because in, in Lisbon, you have to pay for the bread and each pat of butter and the uh, like all the th stuff we expect is free. You pay for it there. And it's in the menu and says that but no one thinks about it. I would see so many people. It would like ruin their vacation because of something like that. Some little kind of mistake and they really focus on it. So I'm like, look, if I can educate people about those little things as well and be honest about it. So then it's no longer something that's going to piss you off. It's something you're like, oh, I, I was looking out for that. Hey, I've done my job to, to help people travel more. And that's really what's driven us the last, I don't know, 11 years we've been doing this. Wow. Yeah. I think fear drives a lot of people to not travel. And Oh, yeah. Oh, especially. Knowledge, knowledge uh, yeah. cures fear. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like once you go like, oh, like I was doing, uh, I did a podcast yesterday actually with a guy from Rwanda and he's trying to get people to go to Rwanda. He's from Rwanda. He's like, he's like, you are so passionate. You love Rwanda so much. Like, how can we get this passion across? People are scared to go there. I'm like, well, the genocide was over 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and the country is the clean. I mean, it's cleaner than anywhere in the US. It's insane. Like they, the last Saturday of every month, 80% of the population goes out and cleans the streets. Including like, the president. Yeah. What? Including the president. Including the president. Yeah. And you're like, I'm like, wow. And but people don't know. And so once you kind of learn about these things, and that's what I like, is we'll go to places, we'll go to Nicaragua, we'll go to Guatemala, we'll go to places that people are usually like really scared about going to, like Rwanda. And we go and they're like, wait, you went. And they're like, and you took your kids. And some people get yeah. really pissed off. Some <laughs> are like, how dare you take your children? I'm like, what? They they should sit at home 
and play video games. I mean, they, we've done that during quarantine. They didn't grow. Let's go see the world, right? Yes. <laughs> and so we kind of think about that. So that that fear thing does really keep a lot of people out. And especially, I mean, I, I mean, you got, um, Bob, you got a toddler. I mean, some people are like, oh, I have a kid. I might as well burn my passport. I mean, I see people say this on YouTube all the time or, and, and, or they'll be on Instagram or something. And I'm like, no, you don't, because it's awesome traveling with the kids. I'm like, well, they won't remember. I'm like, but you will. And you'll be surprised what your kids remember, you know, and, yeah. and we've been taking our kids. They both traveled at six weeks old, you know, and, and, and went from there. And, and sometimes just seeing someone else has done it. You're like, oh, someone else has done that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's something I can look at. And so if we can help people overcome that fear, I think it's a great thing. And yeah, what are, what are some of the, the biggest uh, tips that you've provided to people through your page that really resonated with your audience? I think there's different, we'll have people that were really like their whole mindset is I have to go on a tour. Like there's, I, I, I'm, I don't speak the language. I, I, I have to a tour cause I don't want to like mess up or something like that. And we get, we've given people the tools to like, you know what? I was going to take a cruise. I was going to do a tour. I watched your videos and I felt so comfortable. I booked it on my own and it was great. I'm like, that just like puts a smile on your face. You're like I gave people, I, I educated those people and helped them do it on their own, you know? And, and that's one thing that's been like, really, it's not like one piece of advice, but it's kind of a set of advice that's helped people out. Um, I think another one is the conversation we just had about taking your kids when they're little. Mm-hmm. That's one thing where people, you, know, you really see them. They're like, you're like, Bob's like, I don't know if I want to take my toddler. They're no, 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 I'm, I'm on it. I'm <laughs> on board with you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm right but, with you. <laughs> but, but, but I'm sure you have friends who have kids yeah, that have toddlers. That they're like, like, how could you even have a traveler podcast? How dare you even think of that word with children? I'm like, dude, just, just go out. And, and I think, cause we have videos that don't get a lot of views but they really help people like a lot of the traveling with kids and infants and stuff that mm-hmm. then we don't get a lot of views on those. Like honestly, like not, no views, you know, hardly at all. But I know the people that do watch it, they get a lot out of it. And I think that's the one I'm most proud of because it, it's given a new family kind of like this, this like pat on the back, kind of push out the door. You can do it. Yeah. And that, that's one of the things I, I really feel really proud about. Well, I, I think it, it goes hand in hand with, with learning on your page because traveling with a child just it's additional steps. That is, yeah. That's all it is. It, it is harder. There's more involved. You're no longer only worrying about yourself. You have extra bags and things like that and extra needs. But uh, if you prepare and you include those steps in your overall, overall blueprint, your plan, and you, you account for them, you know they're coming, you're prepared for them, yep. it's really not that much harder. And and it, like Elliot just said, what uh, knowledge Knowledge kills the fear. Yeah. Cures. Yeah. Cures the yeah. fear. Yeah. It, that's, that's it. it. No, it is. It really is. And, and that's, what's nice about it. If we can do that, if we can help, if we can put some more knowledge out there to make people feel like more confident in doing it. And, mm-hmm. and I think one of the things is one of the excuse people give is like, well, how will my kid deal with travel? Like your kid will be fine. Your kid eats dirt and Legos. <laughs> They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's the parents that actually are the most like freaked out about the oh, travel. Yeah. They're like the time change, the difference. I'm like, dude, your kid will be fine. They wake you up at three o'clock in the morning. Anyway, going, can I have a pop tart? You know, like I'm living through that right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, when you said you had a toddler, I just I had flashbacks to my kids when they would like come in the morning and and you'd just be sleeping there and then they'd be like two inches from your face. You're like, ah! <laughs> you're like, hey, dad, I'm thirsty. I'm like, 
you have a bottle of water <laughs> next to your bed. Yeah, but I don't like that water. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, kids are so adaptable too. Like yeah. they're they just they're like a gas. They fill to any space they're in, and they mm-hmm. learn anything so fast. Yeah. Adults and are actually, like old dogs that can't learn new tricks. Yeah, and what's right. cool is when you we travel with your kids. Everybody went like, oh, you, especially younger kids. Like people are like, you brought your kid. Like, like what, what's your kid doing? I'm like, my kids have been dragged into so many kitchens over the years because some, some grandma's like, no, they must see how we really make pasta. No, they need to see how we really make, you know, tortillas. And I mean, it's like, no, let them see how we make our noodles here in, in China. And, and it's hilarious because the kids have seen like more back parts of restaurants than I've ever seen in my entire life. Cause you're like, oh, come see, you know? And, and cause when our, our youngest was born, he was born in Portugal. We were living there. And when he was about six weeks old, we went to Italy. And I, and I had the, you know, the baby Bjorn, Bob, you know, what I'm talking about, you remember, you know, so they, it's a carrier thing. Elliot, I don't know if you have any kids. Not yet. It's, it's like a backpack where you carry your kid in and I'm, and Liam's six weeks old. And I, we come around this, this, by this pub and like the whole pub stops and they go, Oh, and then when I, like out of the blue, this guy's like, that's a little baby. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but we got to meet all kinds of people just like walking by. And it's so funny. Cause you're like, Hey, you know, people were like, well, how am I going to eat when my kids are like, don't worry, there's going to be some grandma that's going to like, you know, I'll hold the baby while you eat so you can have a oh, yeah. dinner, Bob. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting. We've had conversations with the jet setting family who, you know, kind of gave up their life and moved to Southeast Asia with a four-year-old and a two-year-old at the time. Yeah. And then we had another podcast with this couple that's called Baby Can Travel, and yeah. they literally focus on families traveling with infants and toddlers. And both of them have said traveling outside the United States with a little kid is one of the best things you can do to meet people because people will come up to you and talk to you. People will want to either play with, have their kids play with your kids or watch them while you go to some, do something else. Oh yeah. Something that I really can't wait to experience is going to a playground. So I've learned through podcasts like this and talking with people who travel that you need to kind of incorporate time for your child, especially a younger uh, child, yeah. as you as you travel yeah. around. And I've learned that actually myself on trips. But um, something that I cannot wait to experience is being on a playground and watching my daughter meet and play with a child who does they don't even speak the same language, completely right. different cultures, completely different lives, lives and. Yeah, that's I, I like that's one of those things that I'm, I'm really I'm really looking forward to. And they'll, they'll and they'll have a great time. I mean, I, mm-hmm. my boys playing with kids. I remember it was around Christmas time one year we were in Munich and we we're at the hotel and Caleb is running around. He was like four at the time and he's running around with this other kids and they're all German. Didn't matter. They're having a great time for hours, you know. And it's really it's really cool. I, it sometimes it gets sometimes you're like, what's going on? Like we were in China and people will just like take our our we had a two year old and a six-year-old at the time when he was seven two or six or, he was six or seven and people would just grab him because they want to show like their friends look you know it's like <laughs> look there's this little person you know yeah. so like, at first we're like what the hell and then we realize oh no they want to show like grandma or they want to show somebody else and so when we were on the great wall it was hilarious because people were like it was funny because people were like they wanted to get pictures with the kids so they put their kid next to our kids and then do the picture and then the parents would kind of look at me and they'd look at my belly I'm like, okay. And so we get a picture together and they always would rub my fat belly for good luck. And so they, they would do that. I mean, I remember when I worked in Beijing, I mean, it would be at least once a day, someone would stop and like, I'm like, yeah. sure. and then they'd sit there and I'm like, I'm like, and I'd be like, you can, it's okay. And they're like, 
And so they'd be so happy. And it's little things like that you find out. There's what, an what is that? There's a weird fascination between. Big fat it is, is it, is it the Buddhist thing? Well, rubbing Buddhist belly for good luck. When I did right. my master's in Germany, I had a bunch of uh, Chinese students in my program. And before every exam, they'd all come up and rub my belly before the exam. <laughs> I, I thought it was just something that they, they have a fascination with the size of Americans. We obviously. Well, it could, big, you know what? It could have been that too, but, but they yeah, were being and, nice and told me it was good luck. <laughs> I know. I talked to, uh, to, you know, taller black guys that go there and they're essentially looked at like, you know, they're, they're stopped every two minutes because they're exotic to the Chinese. It's it's very yeah. funny seeing, hearing about that, hearing this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mark, how does your family fit into all this with the YouTube channels? Do they help produce? So they, so like the 14 year old is a true 14 year old who doesn't want to do anything. You know, it's like, ah, oh, this is embarrassing. That's why we do every year we do this 12 days of Christmas video. So every different day of, you know, the 12th day of Christmas, my true love. So we do that. And we've done this for six years now in a row. And so every single day, every single time is a different location around the world and and this last one like usually he's in like you know half of them two-thirds of them because it's about a traveling family this year he's like in like 10 percent of them <laughs> and like two of them were like we were like my wife was pinning them down to be in the video so yeah he doesn't help too much um my my youngest one now he's helping me on a new channel i'm working on uh he's helping me with some like more activity-based things uh, my wife has her own channel now that's uh, like cooking and and we were putting all of our most of our food video like international food videos in her channel because we mm -hmm. saw that the food videos like our if we put out a don'ts or shocks video it does really well but if we put like what's eating a place it gets nothing so mm -hmm. we just we have we we're putting that on her channel um but like editing stuff like that i do all that um, okay for like here they I've, i'm trying to bribe my uh my 14 year old i'm like look you could be an intern you could be a, you know, you could work on the channel. I'll pay you. And he's like, I don't want, I don't want your money. I'm like, it's real money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, real experience. My, my money is real money. <laughs> yeah. Because he, because he, I mean, he's 14. So he's getting close to when you can go work. He's, I think he's 15 in Illinois. So he's like, I'm getting like emails from Burger King. Caleb, uh, if you're interested, I'm like, dude, what? I'm like, let's see. He's like, well, I want to get a job. I want to make money. I'm like, I am offering you the best. I'm like, you will work on <laughs> Dad, dad's a loser so. <laughs> yeah that's well your that's your full-time job is a professor of marketing at yeah university of illinois right yes sir and that seems to fit in well with your youtube channel and travel lifestyle because you've got you know summers off and especially right now we were talking before the show that it seems like a lot of courses and a lot of programs are going online to deal with COVID-19 and yeah. how is that, how has that played into all this? So what, one of the things is since everything's online, I, I know cause I, like my, my classes are usually big classes and they usually put those early in the morning. Like this semester, 10 of my classes at 8 a.m. at, you know, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember college. Did you all like 8 a.m. classes? Those were definitely not my favorite. Yeah. So to be honest with you, I kind of like them. <laughs> that's because like, bob's up at 4 30 yeah you get it out of the way and then you have the rest of the yeah, day i told myself I, that then i got c's on all my 8 a.m classes so you know <laughs> hey. um no. but um but i was making like i had because there's two classes i was teaching when covid hit in one course i knew that i was going to teach an online version of it this coming year so i've been making videos for it and i'd made some before because i'd been making videos for my students for probably 10 years now but it's like 
instead of like the whole class, it was like, here's the two main topics you need to know. So even if you didn't pay attention, you fell asleep in class, I want you to know this. So I had these like summary videos. So I had a bunch of stuff done. I filmed all over the world. And so I had those. So I just had to make a few videos to kind of finish off that course. So the students, it's worked out really well because my, my principals are marketing students. Like they'll have, you know, they'll be like, let's say 12, you know, let's say five to 10 minute videos uh, for like this for a class. And so it'll be like, oh, the first video is in Rwanda. The next one's in Paris. The next one is, you know, in my office because like some of them I couldn't do during quarantine, you know, you couldn't do all, but they get to see all these different locations. So it's a little bit more fun than just standing in front of the blackboard. Hello, students. And so, so that's been nice. Um, also, I think it made me much more comfortable talking to the camera now uh, because I have students that are like, you know, your class was really good because you knew how to talk to the camera. You knew how to, you know, put, where to put yourself, how to, how I, you know, if I'm going to stand over here, like if I was going to make a class, I'm not going to do this because this light's here. I'm, I'm standing here like this to block the light from that. Right. And so, and my, my ring light is outside for another, another project we're working on. So that's why I don't have the light coming <laughs> this way, but um, it's, it's helped make it. I think the, the videos easier for students to watch um, because of the comfort for that. And I've always liked teaching. So for me, if I can teach anybody, I always believe in like the democratization of education. So that's why like all my marketing videos I have for my students, they're also on YouTube because, you know, there, there, there's somebody, I mean, I always do this, the analogy, look, there's some kid in Bangladesh that is learning how to make, you know, phone covers. He wants to know how to grow his business. Boom. Like he can watch videos and help him out. Some mom on her Etsy shop, she wants to learn how to do social media marketing. We got stuff that can help her. And so that's one of the things like, because we have Walter's World, which is our travel channel, but then we have Professor Walter's, which goes into, you know, marketing, social media marketing, life on YouTube, which we were talking about before, you know, stuff like that. So people have more, you know, a realistic impression because it's not just memorized definition. It is, look, this is how it works in the real world. So that, that's that been really nice. And then bringing in the, the like, it, what's fun is when I get to bring in uh, examples from our travels into class, because we'll be talking about you know, public service announcements in terms of a type of marketing. And so in, in Japan, on the, the, the subway there in Tokyo, they have all these PSAs all over their place. Like one is with a cell phone. You're like the dangers of cell phone and walking. And like one, oh, the guy, like it, it escalates quickly. Like first one, oh, guy bumps into a cute girl, right? It's like, oh, be careful. Next one, guy's falling down a flight of stairs. Oh, but wait, it gets worse. He walks in front of the train. I'm like, oh my God, like, that, that escalated quite quickly. And there's like another one that's, you know, and I have the pictures of that. And there's one uh, they had was like, don't shove your butt in people's faces on the train. And so it's like this, this, this person sitting there, these people's butts are like right there. And I'm like, oh, you didn't have to speak Japanese to know exactly what it meant. And for my students, I'm like, look, that's good advertising. You don't even have to use the words. It's already like there, you know, people don't have to think. And so that's one of the cool things I can bring in um, from some of the, some of the adventures out there. And then I actually, uh, obviously not this year, I didn't get to take students, but usually I'll take a group of students, one or two groups of students a year uh, traveling. So we'll do like a class abroad or we'll do like a, you know, 10 days going to see companies in Italy or someplace. So, so that's pretty fun. That's awesome. I'm, I think Bob and I, I think I speak for both of us when I say travel abroads are, and should be a requirement in almost every university program. I don't care what yeah. you're doing. It should be a requirement. Yeah. And that, that's why I'm really happy. Cause I mean, I studied abroad twice in high school, twice in college, my master's abroad, PhD abroad. I am anytime to study abroad. People are like, could you help us out? Yes. Yes, I can. Yeah. Um, 
And, I, and anytime students like, I need a recommendation for study. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, thousands of students. I will write you. Just tell me what to say. I don't care. I want you to go uh, because I think it's a great experience. And, and I think that's it's what's neat is you now have like there was, you know, in study abroad, it used to be, oh, you go for a semester or a year. But now they have, you know, like I'll do 10 day, like basically the 10 days before the semester begins. Like right now, we sh- I should be in Barcelona with students. But they they got, you know, it got canceled because of COVID. But we do these like 10 day trips because some students, maybe they don't want to go abroad for for a semester. They're scared to go abroad or maybe they don't have the money for it. Mm -hmm. And so this gives them that opportunity because then, you know, we can try to rustle up some scholarship money for them or something because it's, you know, hey, we can we can get your your ticket paid for. You just pay for the like the fee for the hotel rooms. Like, okay, And so we find ways to help people go. And so that's been kind of a fun thing. Yeah, can can we kind of linger on this topic a little bit? I, I'm curious to see what you think or how the experiences of a college student, specifically traveling abroad, then bleed into their their lives and their futures. Like, what are the some of the biggest takeaways that you you think happen? Well, I think for a lot of students, it's just the the opening of their eyes. Like, it's kind of like they take the blinders off because. Think about it. You, you you went to grade school. Even if like my kids, they travel, but we try. I mean, we take it. We show them abject poverty. We 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 say, look, we're donating to this. We're having this. Yeah, you know, my kids are playing soccer with kids that literally have um, trash bags and and plastic bags tied up with with rubber bands. And I'm like, look, they're still having a good time. You don't need to have you know these things. And for students, they start to see it. They're like, huh, it is different. And some students are like, oh, I love. It makes them love their country more, which happens. And other ones are like. That was really cool. A lot of them are like, how can I, how can I go abroad again? How can I, how can I, how can I bring them in? And a lot of them, it's just, it's the fact that it opens their eyes. They realize that, you know what? I made friends from all over the world. So we all can make friends from all over the world, you know? And I think that there is opening your eyes and your heart to being more open to things is the best part for it. And, and no matter how open you feel you are, the more you go out there, the more you realize there's more stuff and like, I want to know more and more. And I think that's one of the best things about it. Like I'll see students that will go abroad and they come back a changed person. It's the whole, I mean, I know for me, the first time I went abroad, I, I came back and I'm like, wow, there's, there's a big world out there and, and I want to explore it. And I think that's a really good kind of thing that happens. And I think the, the key thing there is that they change for the good in almost yes. every situation. Yeah. Right. My, my wife went through high school, went through college never was able to do a study abroad, even though she now looking back, she wished she had if she was able to. And the point you made about having blinders on pretty much through all of your primary and secondary education in the United States is so true. And it's not until you actually go on that study abroad that those blinders are taken off because it those blinders basically focus you on getting to a successful job and that's it. And Mm -hmm. then for my wife, it was getting her job after you know, six years of grueling school and realizing she didn't like her job yeah, and it sucked. Yeah. That, and that's one thing is I have, so I work as an academic director as well. So for our marketing major, and so students will come in and, you know, they're like, yeah. And I, I, I tell students, cause we have, we have to do talks and stuff. I'm like, look, I would love for everyone to be a marketing major, but I know marketing's not for everyone. I want you to find the, the, the topic, the major that works best for you. And, and if you, and some students like, you know, I took this marketing class. I like you, but it's not really for me. I'm like, that's great. Now you found out that this isn't for you because you don't want to be, you know, 25, 35 years old going, why did I pick this? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for a lot of students, like they're not sure. And so I always tell students, like, look, when you go to college, 
get all those basic courses, like, like so I teach business. I'm like, take all the basic business courses as soon as you can. So you have a taste of what is marketing, what is finance, what is, you know, HR, what is accounting. And if one of them calls to you, go for it, you know, cause you may think, well, cause for example, university of Illinois, it's like the number two accounting program in the country. My dad, until I was a professor here at the university of Illinois, is like, you know, you could always go back and get your CPA. You could always be an accountant. And I'm like, I hated accounting. I don't want to do accounting. I have a PhD and I'm going to be working at one of the top schools in the world. And he's like, well, you know, you can still get that CPA because he loved accounting, you know? Yeah. And so, and I'm like, look, if you can find something you're that passionate about, do it because it's no longer a job. Like teaching for me isn't yeah. a job. I love it. I love going to work. I love spending time with the students. That's one of the things I don't like about the online education is I'm not there with my students, mm-hmm. being able to talk and interact with them because as much as we can do zoom stuff, you know, it's hard to tell it because, because Bob is this really tiny picture. And I'm like, I don't know if Bob's like got a tummy ache or he's just got his arms crossed. I can't, I can't really tell what's going on here. And, and so that, that's one of the things I miss. And so, and that's what kind of goes back to the travel. If my videos can help you figure out what place not to go to, that's just as good as help me find a place to go to. Yeah. Because how many of your, I mean, how many times have we talked to friends? Well, where do you want to go? It's like, where do you want to go for dinner? Uh, where yeah. you want to go? <clears throat> oh, where do you want to travel to? Ah, uh, well, let's look and see. It's like, okay, that place, not for me. That place, okay, that that works. Hey, it's a, it's a great concept is, is to realize knowing what you don't want to do is just as important as what you want to do. That's, I, I feel like this is a good point for a, a segue into the don'ts. So one of the most popular playlists on your page are the don'ts of travel. Yeah. It's the don'ts to do in whatever destination you have, I guess, right? You <laughs> Just break it down by, destination, it'll be there. <laughs> you, you break it down by destination, right. don'ts of whatever. And so I'm curious to, I guess, get maybe the the master list, the broad, uh, the don'ts of travel just in general. And, and maybe uh, some information on how you can select countries you don't like or maybe don't fit you. Does that make sense? Well, what I usually do for people is because people will write me and they're like, where should I go? I mean, that's all the email is. Where should I go? I'm like, (laughs) well, what do you like? Do you want adventure? Do you want history? Do you want culture? And some people are like, I'm open for anything. And so what a lot of times I'll tell people is like, what's your ancestry? Because going back where your ancestors Mm -hmm. are from, it it kind of can be something interesting. Because like, I remember the first time I went to Germany and, and my girlfriend at the time was a German girl. And we went to go out to eat and I'm like, holy moly, everything at this restaurant. And I'd never been to Germany before. So I'm like, I'm like, holy moly, every single food in this, on this menu is what my grandma used to make. And it's kind of like one of these things you start, you, your mind starts to like puts the puzzle pieces together. I'm like, oh, that's right. Cause great grandma only spoke German. And then and you're like, oh, grandma's chicken and noodles, actually spetzel. Oh, it's like. And that really makes it really exciting for people like, hey, I'm getting to learn my my family history. And, and that's why like 23andMe and there's all these DNA things. A couple of years ago, they they sponsored a bunch of travel tra- travel YouTubers to do it. And then they would send them to go to their place and see, hey, here's a country I went to. And, and so for some, I say, you know, like, don't be afraid to, to research your history, but but don't just go someplace do the research, like figure things out beforehand. Cause you think you're just going to show up and it's going to be good. You're going to miss out on things. Mm-hmm. Even a big city, you're like, Oh, Paris. Well, yeah, I go to the Eiffel tower and the Louvre. Yeah. But don't forget to do a little research. Cause then you might find out actually what you want to see is don't forget to go to the Musée d'Orsay. And then the Eiffel tower, you might not want to go up it. If you got, you know, if you're claustrophobic, just take the boat tour by it, get your picture and you actually go see this instead. And, 
And I think that's well, a lot of people make the mistake of not kind of prepping enough. And that that's one thing I, I think my videos do a nice job on is like, hey, or, or the blogs, you know, like, hey, just to give you some heads up, just so you have a little bit, because just that little bit of knowledge can really help out. Um, I think another thing I have, uh, I, I like to tell people is don't wait to travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we see now, I'm like, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I was supposed to go to London, you know, in, in February and and my wife got sick and then she was, well, she wasn't like dying sick, but she just got sick. And I'm like, it was a work trip. So we could like kind of push it off and I could do it virtually. So I'm like, All right, I'll just stay here and I'll do the virtual version of the, the conference. And I'm like, now I'm kicking myself. I'm like, man, that would have been my last like international trip. But you know, it, it, my, I talked about my, with my parents about this a lot. My parents are in their seventies and you know, they, they never like my dad worked in Korea and Mexico forever. Uh, so he traveled all the time. So, and my mom, worked in the state of Illinois, but she traveled all over the state of Illinois all the time. So they traveled for work all the time. So like our vacations, we went from Illinois to Ohio and that was it. You know, we went to Sandusky, Ohio and Toledo we went to Cedar point. And that was my, that is my entire childhood. And then my parents, <laughs> my parents, like they went, maybe they went on one trip to Europe with some friends of theirs when I was in high school. And then when I was doing my master's in Germany, they came to visit me and there, and then they saw like, wow, aside from the ticket and actually sometimes you get cheaper tickets to you know europe than you can to someplace in the u.s mm-hmm. they're like wow it was cheaper to be here like why weren't we doing this before and then they started trying like my parents go three or four times a year they go on big trips i mean they're retired now and they're like this is great but my mom's still like i'm like why did we wait so long because you know you don't know when you're going to break a leg or there's gonna be a pandemic or whatever right. so, so don't put it off and that's the same thing with families you know they're going to like a dome for families and people are like, oh, I'm going to wait until my kid's a teenager when they'll appreciate it. I'm like, you ask anybody that has a teenager, not one teenager appreciates anything. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> take them when they're little and then then they'll they'll become travelers. So it'll be normal to them. Like my 14-year-old, he's like, man, I miss traveling. I'm like, I do too, buddy. I do too. Yeah. You know? And so, so you have that. I think another don't, uh, don't be afraid to just talk to people when you're there. You'll be surprised how people do speak English or will communicate with you. Um, Cause some people just like, they shut down. I don't speak the language. I don't know. And then you stop talking louder. I will talk louder. It's yeah. such an American <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. No, no, that's not just American. That's everywhere, man. It's everywhere. They're oh, like, really? they, yeah, they'll just go louder. And I'm like, um, they, they don't understand it, dad. They're, they're, they're not deaf. Or, yeah, or people right. go into the, I will speak so slow. You're like, no, no, that's too slow. Like, just like, they'll be fast. Like me just speak at a normal pace. And then, you know, like when you're in class, how you learn in your Spanish class or your German class, hola, como te va? Ah, estás bien, yo también. Then it works better. Then you're like, oh, como estás? Estás bien. And you're like, whoa, 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 too fast. So uh, just, just, just try. And, and honestly, don't, don't, don't negate any destination. Do your own research and, fi- and figure things out. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there. I remember before the Olympics in Brazil, the world cup in Brazil, I got so upset because all the news about Brazil was bad, like horrible. So we actually went before the Olympics to Rio and Sao Paulo. And yeah. Rio does have issues. Um, but the rest of Brazil, there's a lot of really amazing things to see there, but it was like, you're going to remember, remember Zika, remember yeah. Yeah, they're like, you're going to, you're going to get Zika when you're there, you're going to get, well, actually how, how did I always say it's like, you're going to walk off the plane, you're going to get robbed, shot, and then, the, and, and then you're going to die. And then the Zika, uh, mosquitoes are going to come suck your blood and then you're come back as a Zika zombie. And then you're going to get robbed again. Like, that's basically what they made it sound like. I'm like, I got so frustrated. I mean, I've lived in Brazil. I'm like, yeah, there's issues, but if you're smart, you'll be okay. Yeah. This place you go. And so 
we went and specifically we're in Rio, like we were in like where the beach was, where the NBC was and stuff like that. We went there, we went all around and, and, you know, they're talking about how people were getting robbed. I'm like, yeah, if you walk around with a thousand dollar watch on your wrist, like Brazilians will come up to you in Rio. Like people have their, I remember when people would take pictures with iPads. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. some still do like people, and the, the people, the locals would like come up like, uh, dude, you need to put away that iPad. Like seriously, just don't do that. Like don't, you know? And they're like, like, cause they know it's like, look, you don't do these things. And that's right. one of the things, if we can help people know the things to watch out for the don'ts, then it, those bad things don't happen. You're like, Oh, Oh yeah. I see what you mean. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't know, those are some of the don'ts just off the top of my head for like general travel stuff. I think it's great. I think we that's a common theme we've mentioned or talked about with other guests on the show is the the fact that there will be dangerous places in other cities, but you just got to watch out for them. There's dangerous yeah. places in U.S. cities as well. Yeah, and that, that's what always, always gets me. People are like, oh, it's dangerous there. I'm like, do you go to every part of your town? No. So, you know, it, and that's what's funny is because people are like, oh, this happened in this country. You know, it's kind of like when that uh, is when, that country. Yeah, I'm like, they're like, oh, well, there was a, you know, there was this happened in, I don't know, like Boise, Idaho. I'm like, I live in Illinois. Like, that's like 4,000 miles away. Like, we're not even like close, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. but who knows? Yeah. So, as someone who makes a lot of lists for travel, I've, I've just a few light questions that I want to ask you. Sure. Uh, yeah, just general questions. I'm curious, out of all your travels, which country do you think has the best food you've ever had? Oh, man. I think best vegetarian food is in Rwanda. Um, because in Rwanda, they it's not that people are vegetarians. It's just that the cow is a cash product. But it's not the meat because they, they they kill it and sell the meat. That's only one time they make money. But they can sell the dung for fertilizer. They they can use the dung for heating. They can uh, use the milk. They can for for selling the milk. They can use the blood as well. And so there's all these amazing vegetarian dishes there because they don't they don't kill the animal. Uh, I mean they do in some things, but like there's a lot of really great like there's a there's a banana peanut. I mean there's one that, with chicken one without it's just phenomenal. So like for me the I remember we left Rwanda and I'm like. Dude, I could be a vegetarian in Rwanda because it was just so good. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you can go to the classics like French, you know, French right, food is right, right. I love French because it's just it's stuff that I'll never be able to cook. My wife can cook. I just I, I just fail miserably. I'm like, they, they, they make butter and bread. Fantastic. I'm like, yeah. it just, it, it. no, I just, <laughs> they can't do it. Um, I think Brazil is really good because you got all the variety because Brazil is a true melting pot and it's have so many different kind of cuisines throughout the country. That's really good. I think a hidden foodie destination, I mean, not hidden foodie, but uh, Peru. Um, I've been going to Peru for about 20 years and from the nineties till now, the food culture has just completely changed. And like you go there, I'm like, Oh my, whether ceviche or alpaca or just, you know, it just unbelievable food there. Yeah. Like, do you remember the restaurant that we went to right before we headed to the airport? No, uh, it wasn't the not. one. We, it wasn't the one right before. It was the one. No. That we, you know we, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. We we did I it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mark, you know which one we're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. I, now, I, I wish you remember the crazy, name. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> it was in the Mira Flores neighborhood. Yeah, um, we did a podcast. Wait, was, it, wait, was it on the park? It was uh, pretty close. It to was. A, it was. We did one on the park, but then we did another one for lunch. We were actually going to meet someone that we did a podcast with uh, early on in our career. And she is, she does Peruvian food tours through Lima. And oh, cool. she has talked about how Lima is 
arguably one of the best culinary destinations in the world now. Yeah, no, I can believe it. Yeah, I think I can. I think I can find it. Let's see. Because the the place we went to, you know, there where the square is. What's that? John F. Kennedy Square. I can't remember the name. Mira Flores. There's like you go past the McDonald's because there's the line for yep. the, the ice creams, and it's like one of the first restaurants before you get to Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> there's one there we went, we went a few times there. Yeah, because we could always get the out because they were Isolina. Isolina. That was it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And and I mean, the food is incredible. It's we can talk about Peruvian food for Mm -hmm. hours, but I agree. (laughs) I agree with your assessment that it is some of the best food in the world. Yeah. And what do you travel for when you I'm, I'm sure it's a little bit of everything. But is there one thing that stands out to you? Is it the food? Is it the people? Is it the architecture? Just the general history of the culture? What do you chase? Nowadays, I chase people. Yeah, back in the day, it was chasing uh, uh, churches. It was chasing a museum. Then it was like chasing a food. And now it's like, I just want to meet the people when I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, you know, in, and having a teenager, it's always, you know, my son's like, why are you talking to all these people? I'm like, because I want to meet people. Like, yeah, you have a phone. Go, go do something. Like, go look, there's some teenagers over there. Go do teenage things, right? <laughs> you know, like we were, we were, we were watching an old movie last night, uh, The Great Outdoors with uh, John Kennedy and John Candy, Candy and uh, Dan Aykroyd. And the, the son is like 15 and he's like at an arcade and he's talking to this girl. And he's like, wait, what's that? I'm like, yeah, teenagers go out and they go to places and hang out together. He's like, really? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, the world's changed a bit. <laughs> you know, like, you can do that anywhere. Um, so I, I'm always, whenever I go out, I'm like, hey, I just want to go meet people and hang out. And I will do the museums and stuff. But yeah, it's it's amazing how many people you can just meet, like sit in a restaurant. And, hey, what did you have? It's that so easy. Good. I don't yeah. know why it's, it feels easy. easier to meet people. I mean, I live I live right outside of Philadelphia, and that's where I go for dinner and drinks, and that's my city. And I never really go out of my way to meet people there. But when I'm traveling, for some reason, I, I have my head on a swivel and I'm looking for the next person I can talk to and learn about and and get to know. And when I travel with my wife, I do it all the time. And she she knows it's coming and she enjoys it because she knows how much I enjoy it. But She's it's like, funny. <laughs> and, and you know what? That Those conversations that I've initiated with random people in our travels have ultimately led to some of the best experiences that we we share and we reflect on today so i know she likes it she thinks it's kind of funny that i that i focus on it so much but i, I don't know why it's so much easier to do i think when you're part traveling. of it is, is is our mentality because we're leaving our comfort zone it's kind of like people in their own neighborhood don't wave at people very often because like oh, i'm going home i don't i don't need to but you're going someplace new you're there to explore and so you're already in this like explore mode. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's part of the thing. And, and then you're like, you know, and we're and humans in general, we're social beings. And it's like, I want to talk to people. I want to meet new people, you know? And so you never know. It's like, cause you know, it's like, I, you know, people that tell the same stories all the time, like have something new happen. The only one of the new things are going to happen is you go out and, and meet new people and do new things. So yeah. yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I agree. I think in my, one of my first trips I took as like a, a, study abroad. It was more of like a service learning in Costa Rica. Um, my geography professor took a small group of us down. And one of the things that I still do to this day that he told us is that he does not, I used to only take like landscape pictures, architecture pictures. And then he said that he had kind of stopped doing that or transitioned from taking those types of pictures to taking pictures of the people he's with, because taking pictures of the people you're with is going to be more fun to look back on and remember Mm -hmm than the actual 
images of architecture or landscape. I, so I agree. Ever since then. I agree. Ever since then, I try to take as many pictures of the people, candid and staged, as I can. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I know, like, I look back at some of our, like, you know, putting together a, a video on another place. Like, if there's a place I've been to a lot of times, so I'm like, oh, I got some old prog B-roll I could put in there, too, to give, like, yeah. different seasons. And then I'm like, man, I, we did not take very many pictures of the kids when we were there. And and why do I, like, I need better B-roll, like, more people. It's funny, because it's about 2017, 18, I think it was 17 what I switched from like 90% of the stuff I was taking videos and pictures of was like the building stuff to now it's much more like, Hey, there's people walking through the street and, and doing stuff. I'm like, yeah. And, and now when I look back on, it, I'm like, I like those videos so much better seeing the people or seeing my kids interact with people. Then I try to tell my wife, I'm like, could you maybe take a picture of me? <laughs> like just one, just one. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome. I've had uh, some incredible experiences traveling where my wife and I have met locals and then hung out with them. I mean, one partic- mm-hmm. one uh, trip in particular was New Orleans in I think 2018. We met a few people at a bar that they were working at and ended up hanging out with them the next three days of our trip. Yeah. And they showed us around the town and we yeah, still so are awesome. in touch with them now. Yeah. No, it's cool. I like that's one thing is, you know, with everything closed here where I live, that you don't get to meet random people like, yeah, sure. You want to know? I'll take you around. No problem. Like yeah. it, it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's pretty great. Uh all right, Mark. So we're gonna jump into the rapid fire question round. All right. But uh, before hope, let me we stretch do, out here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before we do, I want to give you the opportunity to share all of your social media pages, your website. If you have any new projects going on, essentially anything or the locations that our listeners can find all of your content. Of course. So if you look up Walter's World, it's W-O-L-T-E-R-S World. Uh, you'll find us at waltersworld.com, our website. Uh, all of our videos are on youtube.com slash waltersworld. You can follow us on Twitter at waltersworld. You can follow us on Instagram at waltersworld. You can also follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash waltersworld. Uh, you can go on pinterest.com slash waltersworld and for stuff there. Um, what else did we have? I think that's I think that's all the ones we have for now, um, and that's all our travel stuff. If you want to learn about marketing and social media marketing things like that, you can actually go to uh, professorwalters.com or you can go to youtube.com/professorwalters, and there's all kinds of training videos on there for you to watch and learn how to do social media marketing, YouTube, and stuff like that. Awesome. So I, I just Thank made the you. connection before we get into the rapid fire. Uh, so you have technically a doctorate in marketing. Yeah. Uh, my doctor's it's in management. Management. So I did, I did okay. a strategy on Brazilian banking during the last financial crisis. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I was going to say, because a lot of when you go to the doctor and you say this hurts, then the doctor will say, well, don't do that. So I think that's appropriate <laughs> that <laughs> I, I want to give you, I want to yeah. W the travel doctor. Okay. <laughs> because like you're it. saying, don't I do like this, <laughs> don't do that. And you have a PhD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Take, take your doctor's advice. I like it. I like I that. Mean, I remember yeah, that one. Yeah, your page is, I, I I highly recommend your page. I think there are, I mean, as you said, 2,000 videos of incredible information on the do's and the don'ts. And it's it's a good resource for, I think, any traveler to utilize prior to their departure. So, Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump into the rapid fire well, now. Before, more... Just in case the rapid yeah. fire doesn't go well and I crash and yeah. burn. I just want to thank you guys for inviting me on here. That's really nice. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's man. Been a yeah, and you, but yeah, now you can be really mean with the questions. You're like, oh, yeah. ah, you said thank you. They're, they're grills. We're yeah. just grill you. Uh, Elliot, do you want me to go? First or? girlfriend. Uh, what? Ah. <laughs> uh, no, Bob, you get it started. 
Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Mark. Uh, what is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Freedom. What home comfort do you miss the most while traveling? My bed. If you could swim in any liquid, what would it be? Beer. <laughs> oh, yes. What kind of beer? Hefeweizen. Ah, yes. Mm. Uh, who would win in a fight, an accountant or a banker? And you probably have the best knowledge to answer this banker, question. Banker. Banker. Definitely banker. banker. Very certain. Is there, oh, yes. is there any specific? Just. Just. I want to keep my job. I want to say banker. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Would you rather drink wine or coffee for the rest of your life? Wine every day. I hate coffee. Mm. I love coffee so much. I I can't even (laughs) do like the smell or a flavor of it. Like the candy. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. That's that's really, really interesting. I so I mean, I, I that's interesting. So I'm sure you've traveled to countries with some of the best coffee in the world, and you don't try it when you're there. I have tried it a couple times, and even the good, like there's there where were we? Nicaragua, no Ecuador. Ecuador had really mm. had like I could tell it was good. It just I don't like the flavor, but I could tell it was good. Uh, my wife doesn't drink coffee really much, but she'll drink it in Ecuador, uh, Nicaragua, and. Mm-hmm. Italy, she'll drink them there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, come on, it's wine. Come on. Yeah. Right. No, wine. Yeah. No, it's I'm with it's you. fruit juice. Wine. It's good for us. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, so, say hello yeah. in your favorite language. Hola. Uh, if you could travel with anyone in the world, living or dead, who would it be? You my can take family. your time. Your family. Oh, my family. That was that was probably the fastest answer we've gotten yet. Yeah, we've had people really contemplate this one. Yeah. Go ahead, Elliot. Uh, what is one item remaining on your bucket list? Egypt. Mm. If you could pick an actor to play you in a movie, who would you choose? <laughs> Living or dead? Anybody. Yeah, anybody. Sure. Well, having watched John Candy last night, I think he would probably be the, the closest resemblance for adult Mark. <laughs> um, high school Mark. Let's see. Younger, younger Mark. If I wonder, a young Brad Pitt would be nice, but yeah, that's not really how. <laughs> <laughs> Though when uh-huh. I was, yeah, no. Old movie jokes, sorry. Next up. <laughs> Next up. If you were stuck in one city for the rest of your life, which city would you choose? Uh, probably Paris. Nice. If you owned a yacht, what would you name it? Freedom. Hmm. Not, not the, the travel doctor? No. I just <laughs> I, I like the like expression. I mean, I'm sure there's one I'd probably think of like some silly name, but just off the top of my head, I always, always think boats are like, just get out and be free on the boats. Cause, but the thing yeah. is like, whenever I go on boat trips, there's always some issue that happens. So it's like horses and boat trips do not go on them with me. Cause bad things happen. <laughs> noted. Yes. Noted. Uh, what is one piece of advice you'd give to yourself 10 years ago? Learn how to edit your videos better. <laughs> that would be one. You know, that's something that any traveler, travel content creator, I should probably any content creator, I don't think anticipates going into the content creation. You know, everybody's (laughs) focusing on just enjoying it and doing the content, but coming back and the editing and the time spent staring at a laptop. It drives you crazy. Taking pictures and taking videos is easy. Mm -hmm. But putting it together... In an entertaining right? way and having entertaining commentary, and that's it, it's work, it's tough, it, yeah. It's work, yeah, yeah. That's well, that, that's it, yeah. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, really appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll be Thanks, in touch, man. maybe get you back on again once travel picks up in the in the not too uh, distant future. Anytime, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you All so right. much, thank you.
So it's not often we have the literal do's and don'ts <laughs> guests on our show. But Mark could not have had better insight into how to travel better. Uh, whether it be small things like don't wear nice things that draw attention to yourself or the big things like being knowledgeable about where you're going to cure the fear of travel. Yeah, it was a really, really insightful conversation. And it's, you're right. We really don't have a lot of those like strictly do's and don'ts. It's usually a, a more broad conversation of the, someone's experience in a country. And this was really helpful, I think. Yeah. And Mark's Mark's material is really helpful to travelers that are looking for some quick answers on uh, destination. Well, that's that's what it is. I think the do's and don'ts typically end up coming over as a little dry, but it couldn't be the complete. It's the complete opposite for Mark. His YouTube videos are incredibly informative. They're very catchy. They're very fun to watch, and they're very informative. So he really he has a unique little niche. He's sort of nestled into where he's able yeah. to bring information that's typically been dry and list form, and he presents it in a really fun way that sort of pulls you in to learn. Yeah. And I so, guess yeah. that's where his marketing, his PhD in marketing is coming. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. All right. So Dr. Travel, right? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Travel. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening to this uh, and and you enjoy listening to this often, um, please consider subscribing to the show. If you want to contribute in a financial way, you can donate as little as $1 a month, less than a cup of coffee a month to helping us support the podcast, whether it's with getting guests or funding the podcast through the software programs we use. It really does go a long way. Every little bit adds up. And if you even consider that for a moment, we would be appreciative. Uh, you know, the, the best way, though, to do this in a non-financial way, to support us in a non-financial way, is really just to subscribe and rate us. So if you take a moment to do that, we would appreciate it. Either way, no matter what you choose to do, thank you for listening to the podcast and tune in next week.